It's just fun seeing the growth that you see from a college freshman at 18 years old to when they go on and play at the next level. So that's the big one is, is just seeing that growth as a person and as a player. Welcome to episode 206 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. Before we get going this week, we wanted to congratulate the class of 2023 of the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame. Three athletes, four builders, one team, and three award recipients are being recognized with a total of two baseball connections. We tip our caps to Edmonton product and former MLB pitcher Mike Johnson, former Calgary Cannons voice and PR guru Mark Steven, and all the other inductees. Now on to this week's guest, Rain Leckman's ascension from a minor ball player in Red Deer to Big Bend College to being drafted by the Tampa Bay. Rays all felt like it happened in the blink of an eye. In fact, Letkman admits he started taking the game seriously a lot later than most. But the 6'3", 180-pound right-hander enjoyed the ride, including a three-year stint in the Rays system before he had to undergo a major surgery in 2018. He returned for one more year of professional baseball before the pandemic, then shifted his priorities to his family and coaching at his alma mater. The 27-year-old joined us this week to talk about his journey in the game, how he has no regrets, and how excited he is to soon become dad. Rain, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. For sure, thanks for having me. How is the indefinite IL treating you? <laughs> uh, it's hurting. I mean, I put very, very little emphasis on my own uh, baseball health. Um, when, when new toys come out, I definitely like to see what I still got in the tank. And, and just based on my track record of, of arm issues, it, it's, it's not feeling very good. So that second day soreness has definitely set in today. So it's, it's nice to have a day off where I can... Uh, not to do too much with it. For those who didn't see the social media post, you were trying out the new Rapsodo at Big Bend. You hit 89.2. You say the arm's not feeling great, but is that the hardest that you've thrown? Or where would you say that your peak was when you were in peak physical condition? When I was playing, I mean, I, I had some pretty big um, velo jumps just through my college career and into pro ball. Um, coming out of high school, it wasn't wasn't much. I mean, I was 80. 486 somewhere in there pretty pretty standard at least by by today's comparisons um freshman was was kind of that mid to upper 80s i'd i'd maybe hit 90 every once in a while then um as a sophomore that's where i kind of saw saw the big uptick um where it kind of depended on what role i was coming into i came off an injury as a sophomore so i started out coming out of the pen where where i'd run it up there i mean maybe touch 94 95 somewhere in there um, but usually sit sit that low 90s somewhere in there with with some arm side run. But um, yeah, it uh, it's weird seeing that I can still get it up there with how bad my body feels. So I'm kind of curious to see where I'd be at if I actually uh, put the work in. I was going to ask about that. Is when you saw that number, were you surprised at all by it? And did your arm go? Oh yeah, that felt like it was 95. Well, I mean, it's it's definitely weird just seeing the the transition that your body takes when you go from from getting after it on a daily basis and and focusing on on the game away from the game with with nutrition and and just mobility, working out stuff like that, and then just to kind of see where where your body goes when you get out of it. Um, the if you don't use it, you lose it mentality and and theory definitely seems to to. Um, to play a part in it. I mean, the most the most throwing I really do is, is playing slow pitch softball in the summer. So um, 
I, I still think I can I throw hard, but it's uh, it's short lived. I probably have about ten, fifteen throws in me, and then uh, and then the the fingers start getting numb and buzzing, and and my body tells me to shut it down. So um, it's fun to try to gas it up every once in a while, but it's it's usually about a, a three month recovery. So I feel your pain. The older you get, the harder it is to get up in the mornings, my friend. <laughs> for sure so let's go back in time a little bit here and talk about your journey because it is quite the journey in fact you're a red deer kid stops in consort in delburn growing up how did you get into baseball in the first place so my dad was was a really good athlete growing up um he's from a small town in manitoba but but went down and played uh played hockey and baseball in the states and was a three-time all-american and my mom played played sports in high school too so sports was just kind of what we did um, I had an older brother and a younger sister that, that they played they played sports all through high school not not the collegiate level but but we're good athletes as well so I mean playing sports has just kind of been something that we've always done um, where I didn't really start taking baseball seriously um, maybe not until it was too late but it, it really came quick um, when I came down to the states and realized that I could I could play a little bit um, just I mean being from Canada you, it's kind of tough at least back then it was kind of tough to get a um, an accurate evaluation of where you would stack up against other guys your age. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, going out of high school, it was, okay, I'm going to go play junior college baseball in the States and, and see where that takes me, where there wasn't a whole lot of expectation um, of where I could really take it. Uh, so, I mean, going down with with not a whole lot of pressure, um, a pretty open mind of, hey, this is a new experience, to where um, within, the, I guess, the 18 months that I was at Big Ben playing, um, the world changed a lot from what I saw myself doing before going there to, to where I ended up after. Mm. Take us back to your days in Red Deer minor ball. Walk us through what it was like. I feel, it feels weird to say way back when, but here we are talking about, you know, 15 years ago kind of thing. It, it, I mean, that was, I mean, growing up, it was, it was just kind of what we did. It was just a seasonal thing where you play hockey in the winter, you'd play a little football in the fall and, and baseball was, was the, the quick season in the, in the summer where, my dad coached me growing up um, till about high school. Then, then he uh, he stepped away from for a little bit and, and got to relax and be a fan and, and spend a little bit more time doing some other things. So that was good. I mean, it was it was a cool experience. I played um, up to grade eleven was when I I, I stopped playing Red Deer minor ball. I went and played uh, for the Sherwood Park Dukes my last year playing, um, just with with situation and and just some more opportunities that might present themselves to that. So um, kind of got a, got the best of both worlds playing for two different organizations, and just kind of seeing how, how they develop and stuff like that. And it's nice to see where it's at now. Um, we've got a couple Red Deer guys on our team that, that I recruited, and, and it's nice to see how baseball has evolved in that area um, where it, it's no longer just really a hobby where you're seeing a lot more guys in that area go on and, and do some pretty cool things in college down south. Mm-hmm. I'll get to that in a little bit. Sticking with growing up, on a baseball from the baseball perspective, did you have a favorite team or player growing up? I mean, I've always kind of been a Blue Jays guy. Um, just, just kind of, I guess, the right thing to do being from there. <laughs> um, it's it's definitely changed a little bit now. Where I'm, I'm still a pretty pretty diehard Blue Jays fan, but I mean, playing against a few guys that are on their team. I mean, I've, I've played against Vladdy, so that's kind of a a very small connection but but a cool one just to kind of see what he's able to do at, at the highest level so um i mean I'm, I'm a blue jays fan it's it's tough being around here where um washington sports they they go all out with with the mariners with the seahawks and now with the kraken so um i'm, I'm definitely the black sheep out here with 
with rooting against the Mariners, but um, kind of always been a Blue Jays guy. Never really a, a favorite player growing up, um, but I, I just I, I love watching the game. I mean, I'm a I get MLB TV every year and, and look for matchups and spend a lot of time watching it just because I mean, there's just so much talent nowadays that that uh, it makes it a lot more exciting. So when you saw that deal between the Jays and the Mariners, you saw an Alberta product and Adam Mako going to Toronto. You saw Teoscar heading to Seattle. Give us your uh, your analysis of that deal. I mean, I Teoscar, he's a pretty good player. Um, I don't think he's he's what a lot of people say they are. I mean, Mako's going to be a guy that's going to be able to step in, hopefully, and, and do some damage. Um I wouldn't say someone won, someone lost a trade. I mean, there's, there's, unless it's, it's a blockbuster trade. I mean, a lot of guys are just kind of interchangeable with how, how much they, uh, how much they can contribute. So, I mean, Teoscar's going to, he's going to be a good fit for the Mariners, I think. Um, but they have a pretty full outfield right now. I mean, Kalnick is, is trying to get his foot in the door, but he's been, he's been in and out and with Julio. And I mean, they've, they've got a lot of talent where, I don't know if Teoscar is gonna gonna fit in as well as he did at the Blue Jays. Where I mean, he was pretty much a lock with with being in right field or DH and every day. But um, I mean, Mako being an arm, you always need arms. So it's I think he's gonna be able to step in and 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 play a little bit more of a role. Where I think Teoscar is a little bit more up in the air right now. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to growing up. Do you remember that moment when you realized that baseball was more than just a fun game that you played every summer, and maybe you could do something bigger with it? It, it, like I said earlier, it was, it was a lot later than it probably should have been. Um, I mean, not a whole lot of attention to high school. I mean, I was the only one really in a, in my class from Red Deer that went on and played college ball. So I, I, I think just the expectations and and the reality never really set in until um, I started getting calls and people started coming and, and watching me play in college. So um, it was definitely, uh, it wasn't something that I walked into playing college ball or I mean, everybody dreams of, of going on playing pro ball, playing in the big league, stuff like that. But it wasn't really something that, that really became a reality or even a thought until um, closer to the end of my freshman year and, and more so into my sophomore year. Um, so it was pretty much in the span of, of three months, it was, hey, this is something that could happen, and then it, it happened. So um, it was definitely accelerated. It wasn't really something that I – I wouldn't say was chasing, but um, it wasn't really even – even a thought. Um, it was more just, hey, I, I get to go play in a in a new country, in a new state, meet some new people. Where um, it wasn't the the highly sought after prospect out of high school that that went and played a couple years of JUCO ball and and got drafted. So um, it wasn't really something that I had set going down there that I thought was possible. Mm-hmm. When you talk about Big Bend, how did that opportunity all come about? Because it's not like, like you said, at that point, it's not quite, you know, the recruiting um, game that it is now. So how did how did you manage to catch their eye? So I, I didn't catch their eye. Um, I had to I had to kind of send out some feelers. Um, my dad and I did a lot of research just on on what I was looking to pursue at high school because I was I was planning on on going to college for, for four years and, and getting a degree and, and working and probably moving home and, and stuff like that. But, um, so I was, I was really interested in, in the electrical side of it. So we did a little bit of research on, on where I could potentially pursue, um, some sort of career, um, in electricity. Uh, and, and Big Ben was one of them. And there was, there was maybe one other one that was in, in Nebraska somewhere that, uh, provided the opportunity to do both. So Big Ben was, was on a very short list. 
So I went, uh, just emailed the coach and, and hey, this is something that I'm interested in. And they invited me down for a visit. And, and with how recruiting worked then, there wasn't scholarship available. There was, it was more so you can come out if you want. Um, so I showed up in the fall and my dad was pretty much like, hey, like, we don't know what, what's going to happen. Don't get cut. Like, go go do your thing and, and see what happens. So um, it was more just we didn't really know what it could become. So we didn't really set the bar too high. Uh, it was more just, hey, you got an opportunity to, to, to go to school and, and pursue what you want to do and, and play baseball while you're doing it. it. It evolved very quickly and a lot of other opportunities and, and my future focus definitely changed uh, just by by coming down here and doing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, what did that program mean to you? I, I mean, I still coach here, so um, I, I love the program. It was, it was. I mean, when I sat down with the head coach, um, it was it was one of the best relationships that I've ever built. And, and he always said that you wanted Big Ben to be the best two years of your life. And for me, it, it truly was just with the relationships I built, the the sense of community. Um, just the guys that I met. I mean, more than half of my groomsmen in my wedding were teammates at Big Ben. So um, I met I met the right people. Was put in the right spot, and and every off season I was coming back here anyways. So my my role has definitely evolved um, from player to to coming back during off season to training to to now just coaching full time. Where I, I have a full time job at the college in athletics. So I I, my, I live and breathe Big Ben baseball, and it's and it's easy to do. It's easy to to preach our philosophy and and stand firm on our vision because I'm a product of it and I, and I, I know it works. Mm-hmm. 2015, you're the 23rd round pick of the Tampa Bay Rays. Take us back to that day. When did you find out? How did you find out? Were you scouring the MLB's website, waiting for your name to be called, or was it just kind of another day at the office? Kind of, kind of another day at the office. I mean, I had I, an unfortunate series of events leading up um, to the draft. I, I was hurt for most of my sophomore year, so... Um, the body of work wasn't necessarily there. Where we kind of threw around the idea of redshirting, we threw around the idea of of, of coming back for a third year and, and trying to get a bigger body of work, just because the draft was something that was was a potential option. Um, so I only had about three or four starts through a limited round of innings. So um, I, I didn't really have my, like I said, my expectations set very high, just because I. I was pretty realistic like hey I've only thrown 30 innings this year where um where these other guys have have 100 innings under their belt and and 100 innings of of work to show where mine's a lot a lot smaller so um the expectations weren't crazy um but again once it became real it 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 got on me quick um we're at my apartment with a couple of my roommates we're just packing up getting ready to head home for the summer and um I was moving stuff in and out and came back and looked at my phone and I had a couple calls from from the scout that that had done a lot of that I had done a lot of talking with, um, and called him back and I said, like, "Hey, what's going on?" He's like, "Are you are you aware of what just happened?" And I was like, "No," but I kind of put two and two together, and he was like, "Well, we just took you in the twenty third round, congratulations." And then we kind of went on the 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 track of contract negotiations and signing bonus and all that stuff. So um, from the time I called him back to to when I was down in Florida was was pretty quick. Um, but it was, I mean, the, my two years at Big Ben just flew by because so much changed from what I had expected and where I thought I truly was at to being down in Florida in June, 18 months after I showed up on campus. So um, it, it, it came at me quick. I know that you had committed to ODU. Um, I was curious, was it a tough decision for you to 
forego that and try the MLB thing, or did you have any trepidation that way? I mean, I think there's always just that that I mean, there's a conversation about that of oh, I could go maybe get drafted a little bit higher after another year of maturity, get some different coaching stuff like that. Where um, the reason I, w- I wanted to go to Old Dominion was obviously I mean, track record of of guys like Justin Verlander going through there. I mean, they, they've got some guys that have that have been drafted pretty high. Um, the, I really hit it off with the pitching coach when I went down there on my visit. Um, so that was a, that was a big factor for me, just based on the other visits I've been on. I just I just hit it off with him, and I was like, this this is going to be a pretty good fit. Um, so there was obviously them calling like, hey, congratulations! Like, let's cut those rounds in half. Um, we're excited to get you up here in the fall. And I, I mean, I was honest with them. I shouted to them straight. I was like, hey, like the number the number sounds right. Just the fit. I wasn't not necessarily a bad student, but I I was 19 years old not wanting to go to school. So um, they were, there was, I mean, some conversation back and forth to where there was finally a lot of silence on their end, um, which kind of led me a little bit more in the direction of, of where I guess I wanted to go. Um, and then, I mean, later on, I found out that the pitching coach that I that I basically went there for um, wasn't even going to be there in the fall. So um, the decision that I made ended up being the right choice, at least based on, Finances, contract with with schooling in it, um, and and a coaching staff change, which was which would have been a, a huge factor for me. So um, the decision worked out right, even with the amount of unknowns that there were. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of how it went with ODU. Going back to when you got that call about getting uh, picked by the the Rays, do you remember what went through your mind as you're trying to process all of this? And you know, is is it excitement? Is it what's the feeling in the mind as you're trying to to analyze what's just happened? It, it's. I mean, I would say it's honestly pretty pretty similar to to when we found out that we were we were having a baby. It was just kind of the the shock of well, if this is real now. Okay, now we got to prepare, and now we've got. Um, other responsibilities. This this isn't no longer. It's not a game anymore. I mean, it's, it's a business now. So um, I, I think it was more more that that it was it was the okay. This is real. And then it was go go go. Where I mean, a sense of urgency, getting things done quick. Um, my parents flew down to to meet with with the with the scout that that had drafted me and kind of figure out all the all the details of it. And then it was okay. Get on a plane and get down to Florida and get to work. So. Um, it, it didn't really set in until I was down there. So it, it came at me quick, like like a lot of things did at Big Ben. <laughs> and obviously the child thing too, which we'll get to in a second as well. Uh, you end up spending three years in Tampa's minor league system, played with and against a few future MLBers. You mentioned Vladdy Jr. earlier. Any others that maybe stick out to you as guys that you were like, oh yeah, they're going to be a star one day? Um, there is, there's definitely a few. I mean, you, you run into big leaguers on rehab a lot, especially when, when I was my first year down in the GCL where a lot of spring training facilities are. You see a lot of guys coming down and, and either getting a couple of innings or getting a couple of bats on rehab down there. So you see some pretty big names there. Um, coming up, I mean, the, the amount of talent that comes out of the Dominican Republic where names, it's just this is a, this is a kid from the Dominican. And, and back then, I mean, eight years ago, 95 was, was gas. Where now it's it's pretty standard. Where you're seeing these 17, 18, 19 year old kids from the Dominican coming in, throwing throwing upper 90s. So um, I mean, names there's there's probably quite a few, but it's just crazy. More so the the culture side of it of how different they go about it versus versus Americans and Canadians down there. So um, the talent that they bring in is is unbelievable. So yeah. 
did you have any kind of starstruck moments or moments where you went, I can't believe this guy's you know training right beside me kind of thing? I mean, I wouldn't say really starstruck moments. I mean, there's there's points where you realize like this guy's this guy's done some pretty cool things, um, especially when I was going through some arm troubles and stuff like that, which I've I've had a plethora of. Mm-hmm. Um, one name in particular is, is Johnny Venters. Left he he led the league and and closes and or and saves a lot. Um, I mean, he, he spent a lot of time up there and, and I mean, just seeing, seeing highlights of him and stuff like that where, um, he's, he's just a person. I mean, when you're sitting with him in a spring training game, he, he's just another guy. So, um, I mean, they, they all get put up on a pedestal, but when you, when you really get to know him, it's, it's just like, this, this guy's just another guy, mm-hmm. but, um, obviously has done some pretty cool things. So, um, that was the nice thing about, especially in the Rays organization where, um, there maybe aren't as many household names. Um, they they definitely um, stay down to earth. Where you can have a conversation with them and 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 ask for advice or or ask them questions, and they're not the the ones that act like they're above you. So that's one thing that I did really appreciate about the Rays organization is those guys that have done some pretty cool things um, didn't necessarily act or live on what they'd done. They were more so there just to help everybody along their journey. So mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned the arm issues, March, 2018, ulnar nerve, bone spurs, elbow resurfacing. You go under the knife, walk us through what happened, how that all came to be, where you found yourself in a hospital bed. So it was, it was really weird. Cause it was, it was, um, extended spring training of my third year. Um, and I'd thrown pretty well up to that point. So we were getting ready to break camp. I was, I was pretty excited about getting off, going to a new place. I was, I was excited about the, the coaching staff that I was get, going to get to deal with. So um, the big mindset the last couple of weeks of, of spring training was just stay healthy. Just stay healthy so you can get out of here because Florida in June is, is the worst thing you can, you can do and try to pitch at noon is, is not a whole lot of fun either. So it was, it was um, I mean, just another day where you, you show up, you get your work in, you do your PFPs, and it was, it was a comebacker during, during just a, an everyday PFP session where it wasn't good to throw that day. Um, got it and kind of did just a, a regular sidearm flip the second to, to turn double play. And, and it felt like, like when you chip a tooth or, or something like that, like just kind of like that break off. And I, and it just never felt the same after that, where, um, you, I saw the, the big velo drop. Um, the command started to waver a little bit where I've always kind of been a guy that, that filled up the zone. And that was, that was the big one for me was I just didn't really know where the ball was going. So. Um, but with two weeks left, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to try to gut it out and get out of here. And looking back at it, I probably should have gone in and been like, hey, like, I felt something. I should probably get mm-hmm. checked out. But um, And then, I mean, from there, it was um, struggled a lot um, at uh, in New York with Hudson Valley just because I, I really didn't know where the ball was going. My velocity was down. Um, it definitely took a lot of mental wear on me because I was like, i got to perform. i got to do this. Um, and, and it just kind of snowballed to where, um, when I got released, it was, it was almost a relief because then I was like, can I can go get fixed? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I mean, a lot of second opinions ended up finding a guy that I felt really comfortable with getting surgery. And he's like, Hey, like, I don't know exactly what's wrong, but we'll open you up and, and I'll do what I can in there. Um, so it was, I mean, Tommy John surgery is about, about an hour, hour and a half where, I was I was under the knife for for about three, just going in and cleaning up the the mess that I created in there. So um, it was nice. The, I mean, the rehab process is obviously is obviously a challenge as well, just because it is so 
mentally grueling. You're not getting to compete. It's it's the day to day stuff, and really um, understanding that a lot of it's two steps forward, one step back, and and it's it's a mental grind that I'm glad I went through because I mean in today's world where where Tommy John surgeries stuff like that are so common, um, I feel like I can offer our guys a lot of guidance. Like hey, like this is a part of it. Like just understand that if you play this game long enough and you play this game hard enough, you're going to get hurt. So um, for where I'm at now in a coaching role, um, it definitely has helped me there. But being 22 and having no idea of what to expect, what to do, um, it was it was definitely challenging. So, yeah. You mentioned those challenges. Would you say that it was harder to come back physically or harder to come back mentally? Um, I'd say a bit of both. I mean, the, the mental side of it is, is I, mean, I didn't, I didn't throw a baseball for, for over a year. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was, it was tough. Like, okay, well, when, like, when, when am I going to be okay? So, um, obviously like when I was done surgery, I knew like I was cleaned up, everything was good to go. Um, but, but trusting and a big one was, was just the, the, what I went through when I was hurt. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, like losing control, low velocity, pretty much guessing where I was going to throw it, um, it definitely put an imprint in my mind of what if that happens again? So um, getting over that was was big. Um, the physical side of it, it's just the everyday work. You need to understand that there's going to be the ups and downs. There's going to be the a couple steps back here, but understanding that, that it's a process and it's not going not gonna to click overnight. So um, the mental side of it was more just being able to forget where you were at when you got hurt um, and at just trusting your body like hey you're good to go um and truly being able to just to just go and do it was was a big one for me Mm -hmm. you came back in 2019 in the frontier league with gateway you posted some solid numbers you think things are on the up and up and then covid happens the following year Uh, what's going through your mind during that whole process from a baseball perspective um i mean going back and playing was was something that i wanted to do not necessarily with the dream of hey i'm gonna go on and play 15 years in the big leagues. It was more just, I mean, with my performance, with, with my health issues with the Rays, I, I knew I was better than the numbers that I had posted. Um, and it was more just for myself of, hey, you know what, I, I can do this. I can get out to this level. Um, it, it's, I just wasn't right, whether it be mentally, physically, whatever it is. I, I know I can do this. So going back to Gateway and going into the front junior league was, was more so just for myself. Um, where I, I, I definitely overdid it there. Um, I mean, coming off of surgery and, and throwing 65 innings for them and probably 40 before that. I mean, I, I really outdid it. Um, where I think it would have been my last year anyways. Uh, just where I was at life wise with, with wanting to finish up my schooling and, and getting married at that time and stuff like that. So, um, it was more just kind of the, the, the cherry on top of, you know, I could do this. Um, I put in the work, I, I lasted a season, I got it done. Um, and then just being able to hang my hat on my career and say, you know, now it's, now it's on to, on to the next thing. And, and I'm, I'm still around the game a lot more than I was before, just in, in a coaching role now where, um, it's, it's definitely, it was, it was the right decision for me to do that. Um, because I mean, the, the, the independent ball, even the minor leagues, like the grind that you got to go to is, if you don't, if you don't love it, you're going to hate it because you're spending time on buses. You're in a different city every couple of days and away from what you truly want to be doing. So, um, for me, it was, it was a nice way to kind of wrap it up. And I mean, I, I know my arm still isn't right. Um, just with, with what I put in, in that last year. So, uh, it's, it's definitely not where it should be, which was kind of another, um, sign just to say, you know, it's, 
it's been a good run. I got no regrets. I've maybe not accomplished what I wanted to, but I've, I've put it all in where I could put my head down easy at night. I know that I left it all on the table. Mm -hmm. And like you said, on a personal level, you had a lot going on. We'll start off with the rock that's been by your side for quite some time now. Got married in 2020. What has she meant to you? She's been awesome. I mean, she's a, she's a, she's like I said, she's pretty hard nosed. So um, the level of accountability between us is, is big Um, where she definitely saw when, when I was going through some, some rough patches, it was, it wasn't the, Oh, you're okay. Like poor you. It's, like buck up like let's go dial it in everybody's going through it um so i mean she's she's been good on that part where um i mean she played she's played sports in high school so she she's she knows what it takes she's been through it she knows that that you're not always going to feel good so um when i when i needed a a kick in the backside she was she was giving it to me so um she's been awesome i mean especially with with kind of how we started out with me being gone a lot um, it definitely fortified our relationship because we, we learned how to really enjoy our time together, but as well as, as being able to enjoy our time apart and, and continuing to better ourselves. So um, now, I mean, the last couple of years, being able to, we bought a house a couple of years ago and obviously a kid on the way where we've, we've learned how to, how to be independent and do our, our things on our own, where, where now that we can tackle a lot of obstacles and challenges together, um, it makes it a lot easier. So, uh, I mean, Looking back at it, when when it was 2015, 16, 17, when I was gone all the time, it was it was definitely tough. But um, in the long run, it's it's definitely helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned the little one on the way next month. You're going to be a dad. How excited are you about that? I'm fired up. I mean, it's it's something that um, I know everybody says you're you're never really ready for it, but I haven't felt the the panic button be pushed yet. Um, I'm sure when it actually happens, that's when it's going to be become real. Um, for me, it's, I, I feel like we're in a really good spot. Um, life wise, job wise, finances wise, where, where the timing is pretty good. Um, where it's not scrambling to get things taken care of. It was, it was relatively planned. So, um, I, I don't know if it's just because it hasn't happened yet or, um, just because we're in the right spot and it's, it's the universe's way of just saying, Hey, you know, you're good to go. Um, obviously there's going to be challenges. It's, it's mm-hmm. not going to be a cakewalk, but, um, I think just based on where we're at life wise, it's, um, the timing is, is pretty good. So I, we're, we're both really excited about it. Um, I've definitely had to, had to check myself on, okay, it's, it's, she's a daughter, she's a girl. <laughs> so, um, it's, it's a little different than, like I said, going and hanging out and coaching 18, 19, 20 year old guys every day and, and the conversation and how you behave yourself or, um, it's it's going to be a, a change in gears of, of just how I go about it. So, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. On the coaching front, do you have any aspirations, things that you'd like to accomplish while you're doing it? I so And that's one thing that, that I, I talk to a lot of our recruits about is you see it so much nowadays where, where there's a lot of coaching turnover. Guys are, guys are bouncing from school to school, getting the next big job and stuff like that where um, – for me, I absolutely love this community. I love the slow pace. Um, I love that I'm a product of, of what I'm preaching, uh, which which is big time for me because it makes it easy to to sell myself to, to incoming recruits of, hey, this is who we are. This is how we go about it. Um, I've done it. It works. This is where I got to based on based on how I went about it. So um, myself, our head coach, um, and one of our assistant coaches, um, we're all kind of a similar story where this isn't necessarily a stepping stone for us. Um, we're just kind of using it as, as 
using our personal ties and and making this more personal than just the just the paycheck or just the the title of being a college head coach so um I, I, I mean, aspirations as a coach, yes, I want to win. I love to win, um, but I want to do it here. Now, you mentioned that you've recruited a couple of Red Deer guys, Heath Chowski and uh, Kyle Bellick. I know uh, we chatted with Cohen Aiken a while back, and he mentioned your name as well, as he was a Big Ben guy uh, right before the pandemic hit. How cool is it that it's kind of come full circle? You're able to give back to the game, not only at Big Ben, but also be able to give back to the game here in your home province. I, I love it, and it's. I mean, we kind of had a little bit of a lull in, in the kind of of player um, that we were getting from Canada. We're now like just kind of where the game's at up there with with how much uh, more resources and opportunity there's up there. The talent is is coming along too. Where um, not only am I able to get guys from my hometown and, and keep that connection, and, and like said, make it a full circle. Um, they can come in and contribute. It's not just hey, we got a couple red deer guys that that sit the bench. It's not like they're going to come in and, and they're going to see some serious innings. They're going to they're going to have some 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 abs and all that stuff. So um, it's nice to see them being able to come in and, and contribute and and leave their legacy here because it's that's that's what it's all about is just leaving your mark here. So I'm hoping that that we can keep it rolling. Um, I've definitely tried to recruit a lot more Canadians than than I used to, um, just because the talent level is is definitely on the rise so uh it's it's cool talking to, to kyle and Heath. and when their parents come down they they always bring all the canadian goodies with with some timbits <laughs> or some ketchup chips stuff like that so uh it's nice being able to relate to guys because i've i've been there i've mm-hmm. been where they've been at so uh it definitely it definitely makes it a lot of fun uh being able to make that connection in the Red Deer area, in your estimation, what's changed from the time you were a player to what you're seeing out of the talent now? I think a, a big part is the academy um, with St. Joe's. That's That's been a big one with, with Jason Chatwood taking that over. Um, I mean, Taylor Burns with, with Absolute Human Performance has, has been a big one too where uh, there's just more baseball people that are active and want people to get better. Uh, when I was here, it was more just, that your minor baseball. This is a this is a three four month thing. You might play a couple games in the fall where it's no longer really a hobby. Um, you see some guys with some pretty high aspirations coming out of high school and and getting into those into those programs um, with guys that know what they're talking about. Um, I think that's big. Is is just based on their experience and and their desire to send guys on to a high level. Um, you get the right kids. It's they're not doing it because they have to. They're doing it because they want to. So um, you see guys that are that are pretty hungry and they surround themselves with like-minded people and, and the right instruction. And you see them being able to take their game to the next level. And I think it's it's not just Red Deer. I think it's Canada as a whole where you're just seeing a lot more baseball talent come out of it because um, because there's been the few that have that have kind of trailed the trailed the path and and allowed people to, to take the game to the next level. Mm-hmm. Couple more for you here. Let's say you come back home to Alberta. You're in Red Deer, maybe. You're chatting with those young kids who are maybe hoping to uh, follow in your footsteps, for example. What advice or words of wisdom would you offer up to help them get there? I mean, what, one big thing that, that we talk to our guys about is, is just reach your potential on a daily basis. And, and whatever that might be, um, just reach it. If you're at 100%, give me 100%. If you're at 60, give me 100% of that 60. I mean, Guys that, that go on to the next level, they don't realize how much of a job it actually is. Um, like I said, it's not a hobby. It goes to, hey, you know, you're going to class in the morning, you're getting lunch, you're going to practice, you're working out, you're doing homework, you're doing it all over again. Um, so whatever your ceiling is, 
do everything you can to to reach it. And that's where I feel very com- comfortable where, where I'm at is I don't want to play anymore. I feel like I, I did what I could and, and I'm in the best spot right now where I can give back and, and try to get these guys ahead. So, I mean, for guys that are that are looking to go on and, and try to pursue it is, is just leave no doubt in your mind, in your coach's mind, in your teammates' mind, and in fans, umpires, opponents is is just leave leave no doubt in their minds that, that you're given everything you have and and only you can be the true uh, true person to look yourself in the mirror and, and say if you have or not. Um, but I mean, leave it on the field. That's that's the big one that you can do and, and just be a winner. I mean, if, if you're not a winner, you're a loser. And win in win in all categories, not just on the field. Win in the classroom. Win in the community. Because um, that's just going to set you up for life after it. So um, prepare prepare them for life after Big Ben is, is a big thing that we preach. What's it meant to you to be able to give back to the baseball community like you have? It's it's huge. And and I, I absolutely love it. I love coaching. I love showing up every day um, because it's nice to see guys that, that want to win, that want to get better um, as much as I do. I, don't, I can give them information and they apply it. Um, and it's not just, hey, come on, let's go, let's go. It's, it's not a it's not a daycare. It's guys that truly want to get the best out of themselves, and I'm, a, I'm able to, to give my knowledge and my experience to, to allow them to, to reach their dreams. So um, it's, it's awesome. I'm so glad that I've, I've been blessed with a job um, to be able to stay around the game as much as I have uh, because it's, it's fun. I, I love this game so much, and, and I want to be around it as long as I can and just being able to, to pass on stuff that maybe I learned a little bit later to prepare these guys for whether it's baseball, whether it's school, whether it's life. Um, it's just fun seeing the growth that you see from a college freshman at 18 years old to when they, they go on and play at the next level. So um, that's the big one is, is just seeing that growth as a person and as a player. Very cool. Final question for you here. What does the game of baseball mean to you? I mean, there's so much that, that I could say about it. Um, it uh, you hear a lot of it. It's baseball is what you do. It's not who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but but for me, honestly, it's so ingrained in me, and it's it's not just what I do. Um, I live and breathe this game. I love it. Um, it's fun stepping into it into a different role as, as a coach um, from being a player because you see it from a completely different perspective. Um, and I just feel like baseball has given me so many opportunities to to reach people that i wouldn't have been able to before so um it, i mean it means everything to me. it's it's who i am baseball is is who i am and it's what i do so um i love using it as a platform to, to impact people in a positive way well and i think you've impacted a few people just in the short time that we've had with you here rain really appreciate the time congratulations on all the success you've had to this point continued success in the new roles not just on the field but off the field as well congrats on the addition coming up and thanks so much again for joining us here on the podcast i appreciate you having me thank you Thanks again to Rain Lechman for joining us this week, and thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you haven't already, leave us a rating and review on your preferred podcast app, including Good Pods, where we ranked number one recently on the top 100 indie baseball monthly chart. A special shout-out to our Platinum supporters for all they do for us and for baseball in Alberta. The Okotoks Dogs and AHB Academy have been incredible to work with, and their generosity has helped take our game to the next level. For more on them and how to get involved with your organization, head to albertadugoutstories.com slash supporters. Until next time, thank you for all your support online, on social, and on air of Alberta Dugout Stories.